here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. The Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. from Lord Lowther, the Secretary for Foreign Affairs, always meant a prelude to action. And knowing his lordship, usually dangerous action at that. Lowther, as usual, preserved the fiction of pretending he knew nothing of my association with the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel, nor of my activities in France. Ah, oh, Blakeney, I am glad to see you. Uh, it, it, it wasn't easy, now. These are very, very difficult times. That is exactly what I wanted to see you about. Uh, really? Ha, 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 surprising. What do you mean, Surprising. <laughs> Didn't know you were interested in racing. Racing? Uh, yes, of course. It is a difficult time of the year to come to London. By all means, I should be up north at racing. I'm not talking about racing. I'm talking about the very basis of our existence. What is the trouble? You're well aware, of course, that there's a certain little gentleman across the water who'll give his right arm to be able to invade us. Oh, you mean Bonaparte? Yes. <laughs> you know, while we're on the subject, what a ridiculous name that man has. Yes, his name may be ridiculous, <laughs> but we can ill afford to regard him as a joke. I dare say you know that for months, He's been assembling troops and invasion craft at various ports on the channel. Well, well. In fact, in the strictest confidence, of course, we can expect an attack in the spring. Well, you, you have information? Of the most reliable kind. As far as Napoleon's concerned, only one important point remains to be settled. Oh, really? That's why he sent Leclerc over here. Le- Leclerc? Uh, who on earth is Leclerc? Ah, more Leclerc is, one might say, the brains behind the French espionage system. Oh, really? Without doubt, the most brilliant spy... France has produced in a decade. Oh, I'd like to meet him sometime. Perhaps you will. Uh, he, he's here in England now. Yes. Oh, you know where? We do. Then why don't you arrest him? We did so this morning. Oh, how very interesting. But I, I still can't see why you had to take me away from the races. You can't? Well, you see, I wanted to ask your opinion. My opinion? Yes. With Leclerc under arrest in England, might it not be confusing if Leclerc were to return to France? Confusing, did you say? <laughs> sounds supernatural. Yes, I know it sounds fantastic. It certainly does. But a resourceful and intelligent man could do it, especially if he possessed the necessary physical advantages. Oh, what do you mean? I mean that someone might disguise himself as Leclerc and take his place. Leclerc is on close terms with all the leaders in France, with Chauvelin, in fact, with Bonaparte himself. And uh, where is he now? He's in a cell in the Tower of London. There's somebody watching him night and day. Exactly. In fact, it will be possible to study his appearance, his mannerisms, his way of walking and moving. At least I'm, I'm only suggesting that somebody could do these things. Uh, quite, right. We already know a deal about Leclerc's background and so on. I'm having a comprehensive dossier prepared. Oh, even so, now to be many important gaps. We shall fill those in. Uh, how? By questioning Leclerc, of course. Uh, so you won't talk. We'll make sure he does. Not in the ordinary way of official interrogation, you understand? Uh, then in uh, what way? He'll have a companion in his cell. Another Frenchman also charged with espionage. But he won't be a Frenchman at all. He'll be one of your chaps, eh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you see, it would be possible for Leclerc to remain in his cell in the town of London and still to pay a visit to France. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, it would be possible, wouldn't it? <laughs> the only question is, who's the man to do it? Exactly. Who? Sherry Blakeney? Yes. I give you a toast. The Brothers Leclerc. The 
brothers, the class. One in England, one in France. <laughs> Official address was a cell in the Tower of London. I was able to master Leclerc's physical characteristics in a few days. That part was easy. But the rest meant a great deal of concentration and effort to remember the thousand and one details. At last, I judged myself ready for the final test, and I handed over to a trusted member of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel the pile of papers which now constituted Leclerc's dossier. Well, let's start on a little personal history, shall we? Uh, you'll find over there one sheaf of papers under the heading Personal Friends. Personal friends, eh? <laughs> and As a matter of fact, I think I've got it all pretty straight now. Ah, oh, here we are. Your closest personal friend is who? Colonel Henri Cartier. You've known him how long? Fourteen years. And you met him where? At the tavern on the left bank. We were both young. We both imagined ourselves in love with the same girl. You know, Percy, one thing strikes me about all this. <laughs> oh, really? Suppose you get over there and find he's heavily involved in an affair of the heart with some woman you've never even heard of. Well, we'll find that out pretty soon. Why? Tomorrow we leave for France. Four days later, we were in Paris. Harding stayed undercover at our headquarters, the inn called Les Trois Epis. As Leclerc, my first duty was to report to Chauvelin. And so... Leclerc? Well, well. The reporting of Sun returned at last, eh? You must have given me up by now. Not just about. Why have we not heard from you? Oh, blame the English for that. They got onto my track. How? Don't ask me. Apparently, they're not such fools as we think. Anyhow, I had to lie low. There was no way of getting into touch to let you know what was happening. How long were you in hiding? Six weeks. What about? It's not long. I spent the whole time in an attic room in a house in Westminster. Didn't budge out of it once. Who fed you? <laughs> a girl named Lizzie. An English girl? Yes. She didn't know who you were? Oh, no, no, of course not. <laughs> she thought I was a criminal, wanted by the Bow Street Runners for picking pockets. How did you win her silence? My dear Chauvelin, <laughs> you of all people should know. <laughs> Besides, quite. <laughs> <laughs> she was in love with you, eh? I, uh, I have reason to believe so. Was she pretty? Beautiful. An exquisite creature everywhere. I shouldn't boast about her to Antoinette if I were you. Uh, Aunt... Uh, she may not quite understand. She may not realize it was all in the course of duty, so to speak. Perhaps you are right. Now, by the way, have you seen her uh, yet? Antoinette, um, no, no, no. A matter of fact, I have not. I should have thought you'd have gone straight there. She's been absolutely desolate without you. I felt a little nervous, and I felt it my duty to call on you. Your sir. conscientiousness does you credit, my friend. <laughs> Since you are here, let's get down to business, shall we? Uh, by all means. Have you anything at all to report? I was sent to England to gain certain information. Is it likely I would return empty-handed? I thought, as you've been forced to go undercover... I had I... almost completed my inquiries by then. The few remaining gaps I have been able to fill in since. Let's see. Well, what news do you think? It is all here, in this report. Hmm? Hmm. Quite a detailed document, it seems. I imagine you will find it answers all your questions. I'm sure it does. You were always thorough, Leclerc. Thank you, Citizen Chauvelin. I will go through this at once, and then pass it on to a gentleman who is known to you. He will wish to discuss it with you personally, no doubt. I am always at his service. Splendid. You will dine with me tonight? I shall be honored. I have included among my guests Antoinette. I do not have to tell you how much she looks forward to seeing you. I only hope she will not be disappointed. 
was the mysterious Antoinette. And uh, just how close were she and Leclerc? I deceived Chauvelin easily enough, but knowing nothing of her, could I possibly hope to deceive her too? Well, the answer to at least some of these questions came the same night. We were a small party of Chauvelin, and as we stood talking together before dinner, the door opened. Mademoiselle Saint Laurent. Ah, Antoinette, my dear. I do hope I am not late. Oh, not at all, then. Looking more beautiful than ever. You know everyone, I think. Citizen La Rue, Madame La Rue, Colonel Cartier. Major Lenoir, Citizen Estafo. Of course, last but not least. Parlement. Antoinette. I didn't know you were back. I returned only this morning. And you didn't bother to let me know. I mean, to say he hasn't been in touch with you all day. I won't. I mean, you're a bad lad. I'm sorry, Antoinette. I've been extremely busy. So it seems. I knew I'd be seeing you tonight. You needn't bother. And I would not like you to think, Antoinette. My dear Armand, as if it could be of any possible consequence to you, what I may think. Come, come, my dear. You mustn't be ungenerous. After all, Armand's been away on a very dangerous and vital mission. How very interesting. You must come and tell me about it someday. If, of course, you can spare the time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Amo. I have done my best. We have a few minutes still before dinner. Why don't you two take a turn outside on the terrace? Shall we, uh, Antoinette? If you can bear to be alone with me for so long. Antoinette. Well? Oh. What can I say? I realize you have every right to be annoyed. Annoyed? I am wounded, Armand. Bitterly wounded. When I think of all that you and I have meant to each other. Of the weeks and months I've spent wondering where you were and how you were, and never so much as a word from you. It was impossible for me to write. You must believe that. And then suddenly to discover you have been back in Paris all day. Why do you treat me so cruelly, Armand? Is it that you are tired of me? Of course not. Oh, my darling... I have waited so long to feel your arms around me, your lips on mine. Armand. What is it? Armand, you've never kissed me. Quite like that before. Oh, but of course I have. No, 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 you are. You're different from No, nonsense. But you are. In, in what way? I don't know. Antoinette, don't be foolish. Come, darling, kiss me again. No, 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 don't touch me. Go away. Go away. Antoinette. It's almost as though you were a stranger. was good enough for Chauvelin, but Antoinette. She told me to go away, but I pressed her to me all the closer, and all was well for the moment. The following afternoon, I was to call on Chauvelin again, and when I arrived, I found waiting for me a small, rather plump little man whom I recognized as the man of destiny himself, Napoleon Bonaparte. Ah, welcome home, Leclerc. Thank you, sir. And congratulations on this report. Thank you again, monsieur. You have already read it? Chauvelin passed it on to me only this morning. I've been studying it carefully ever since. Most efficient and comprehensive, eh, Chauvelin? 
Yes, indeed, sir. <laughs> you have an admirable passion for detail, Leclerc. It seems you have not missed a thing. Oh, I have done my best, Mon General. You make no recommendations, I see. Oh, my job was merely to gather the facts. Quite right, and most admirably, you've done it, too. If these figures you give us of regimental strength and ordnance dispositions are correct, if... Mon General, I think we know Leclerc well enough to be certain they are, sir. Mm, quite, quite. What I really mean is that if there are no changes between now and the launching of our invasion, England will be ours in six months. Then you really intend to go ahead with the invasion, Mon General? I assure you I haven't been assembling an army on the channel for mere practice. Ah. When do you propose to strike? Oh, oh, perhaps I should not ask that. Why not? After all, if there is one man in France whose loyalty is to be trusted implicitly, it's yourself. Correct, Jean? Yes, indeed, sir. I am collating all my plans for the first week in June. June, Mon General. You sound surprised? I should have thought a little earlier. Uh -huh, it's a question of tides. And relative reliability of weather, early June seems to me an ideal time. In any case, we shouldn't be ready before then. Now let's get down to the details of this report of yours. By all means, Monsieur. It would appear that the coastal defenses between Broadstairs and Folkestone, including Deal, St. Margaret's Bay, and Dover, are particularly strong. Very strong, Monsieur. So that a landing at this point in a stretch would be bound to be expensive. Oh, hmm? Highly, highly. In fact, in some areas, I would say impossible. There are also strong defenses between Dungeness and Bexhill. And again from Seaford, almost all the way to Portsmouth. That is correct, Monsieur. For the month to this. The most weakly defended areas are between Foxton and Dungeness, and between Bexhill and Seaford. Yes, Monsieur. Uh, I should say, a surprise landing here would be virtually unopposed, and I have no doubt you would be able to strike inland and reach uh, Cambridge Wells, at least halfway to London, before the English could rally their defenses. Mm -hmm. We think he likes Leclerc. A heartening sign. So that is where it is to be, sir. In the area of Bexhill to Seaford. That's where it is to be, Chauvin. Huh? Well, Leclerc, you should be proud. You have seen history in the making. Perhaps one day you will write this story. Hmm? Yes, Monsieur Yes, perhaps one day I shall. I wrote a story quicker than either Chauvelin or Bonaparte could have dreamed. And that night I took it to Harding at Les trois -Épis. You've certainly let no grass grow under your feet. It's up to you now to show the same speed. This is a report I've written to Lada. I want you to return to England and deliver it to him personally. You're to surrender it to no one but to him. Right. You leave tonight. Guard it with your life, Harding. Have no fear. When you've delivered it to Lada, come back here and bring Fuchs and Mason with you. Sounds as though you're expecting trouble. I am. Look here, Percy. If it's any question of your life being in danger... You'll obey my orders. England's fate, our whole future may lie in that document. Now, be off with you. <laughs> And then it happened. A summons from Chauvelin, couched, of course, in friendly terms. But when I entered his office, four armed guards and Antoinette. Ah, there you are, my friend. Obliging of you to be the puncher. Oh, may I ask the reason for this uh, reception committee? Oh, Antoinette, why are you here? You, you traitor. But Antoinette, forgive Mademoiselle Antoinette. You see, she seems to be laboring under the impression that you're not quite what you protect. But I... I don't understand. In short, she claims you are an imposter. But that is absurd for heaven to earth. You heaven... may have fooled other people, but you didn't fool me, not for a second. You believed you could pretend to be my lover. No, Toinette. I never believed I could pretend to be that. My apologies, mademoiselle. I am more accustomed to interfering in affairs of state than affairs of the heart. English. Uh, would it 
is too much to assume that you are the Scarlet Pimpernel? Uh, it would be a good deal to assume, monsieur. And what has happened to Armand? Uh, safe, mademoiselle, safe. Where is he? Quite safe. In fact, offhand, I can't think of anywhere he would be safer. You see, he is in the Tower of London. Tell me, Mr. Chauvelin, as a matter of interest, um, when did you first discover I was an English spy? The day after your arrival. Again, merely as a matter of interest, uh, before or after my interview with uh, General Bonaparte? My dear fellow, before, of course. Oh. Mm, rather disappointing, eh? Yes, rather. Actually, I arranged the meeting suspecting nothing. Then Mademoiselle Antoinette came here to my office and declared her positive conviction that whoever you were, you certainly were not the clerk. I see. I told Bonaparte. We agreed that if she was correct, if you were in fact an English spy, it followed that the information in this very comprehensive report of yours was all wrong and designed deliberately to mislead us. Oh, not all wrong. <laughs> Give me credit for a little more subtlety than that. Well, shall we say just sufficiently wrong to persuade our troops to walk right into the trap. However, you are not the only one who can be subtle. My dear, Mr. Chauvelin, knowing yourself from Bonaparte, I've never thought that for a minute. Thank you. You will have guessed by now that the information we gave you of the date and place of our invasion was, like your own information, just sufficiently wrong to mislead your defenders completely. So the invasion isn't to be in early June? No. Nor is it to be on the beach below Bexhill. But I... Exactly. You have sent a report to that effect to your employers in England. Well... But of course you have. Conveyed personally by an English friend of yours. You know that. Certainly. We have you shadows. You were seen to take the report to an inn called Les Trois Epis, and soon afterwards he was seen to leave for the coast. But if you saw him leave, why didn't you arrest him? Why? Because we wanted that report of yours to reach England. On your information, the English will expect us to strike at a certain time at a certain place. In fact, we will strike a little earlier and elsewhere. The advantage of surprise will be ours, and before the end of the year, Napoleon will be master of Britain. For a practical man, Monsieur Chauvelin, you indulge in strange daydreams. We shall see who indulges in daydreams, Monsieur. Take him away. Hey, come on. You, this way. For five weeks, I was held in solitary confinement. I'd expected little treatment and semi-starvation, but instead I was well-fed and in no way molested. It was apparent that Chauvelin believed I was the Scarlet Pimpernel, and he wanted me to be in a fit state to appreciate his triumph when the big day came. And then one morning, early in May... My cell door was opened, and under armed escort, I was taken to my old enemy's room. So, we meet again for the last time. The last time? Tomorrow, my friend, you will be dead. Uh, am I to take it that this pleasant exchange of greetings means that a certain military action to the northwest of here has begun? An hour ago, I received this message brought by special courier from Calais. It's in court, of course, but translated it says this. Invasion fleet embarked midnight. First assault wave, 50,000 men. Destination Rye. Expect to have 200,000 on English soil in 48 hours. And it is signed by Napoleon himself. Midnight, eh? Hmm, let me see. Uh, that'll be about uh, 34 hours ago now. Yes. Then it should be practically all over by now. I imagine so. I will be receiving later reports every hour or so from now. I am sure you will be interested to hear them. Very. Uh, destination Rye, you say? Oh, that is so. Hmm. I rather thought Bonaparte would choose Rye. Uh, you thought? Well, after all, it did seem the obvious place. At any rate, in my report to Lava, I warned him to expect the main brunt of it there. What the devil are you talking about? Oh, my dear, Mr. Chauvelin, you don't imagine for a moment that I was misled by all that false information you and Bonaparte pumped into me, do you? You're bluffing. I ask you. Is Bonaparte a blabber of secrets? Is he the sort of man who'd give away vital information 
even to someone who had no cause for distrust. Well, uh... Of course not. Only fools talk out of turn. And whatever he may be, General Bonaparte is no fool. And besides, I knew from the moment I came in here that day that I'd already been denounced. You're lying! Oh, no! How could you know? Have you never noticed the scent that Antoinette wears? Fascinating. But very persistent. You mean... I mean there were traces of it in the air when I entered. So I knew she'd been here... And I knew it could be for only one reason. I don't believe a word of it. You know I speak the truth. Oh, yes, I do. Moreover, I seem to smell that scent again now in this room. Where can it be coming from? Behind that curtain there. I must compliment you on your knowledge of French perfumes, monsieur. Uh, you will understand, Mr. Pimpernel. I could not refuse her to be present on such an occasion. In for the death, Antoinette. Perhaps, monsieur. You were saying, Monsieur Pimpernel? Uh, yes, Monsieur Chauvelin, I was saying. It's a pity you didn't read my report to Lord Lauder. I predicted Rye as the probable focal point, and I named early May as the likely time. I've no doubt the British Navy are waiting. Right. Right! All right! Our troops are on English soil now. In a few weeks' time, your despised country will be beaten to its knees. We shall see. Come in. Citizen Chauvelin, what is it? A message, sir. It is bad news. What? From the coast, sir. The invasion fleet has not sailed. Why not? The way is not clear, sir. The blockade has not been lifted. But I have a message here from the marshal himself. The British Navy were expecting us. The blockade was as tight as ever. The combined fleet has failed. How dare you! Well, Chevron, you believe me now. You English swine! You have done this. You! I have that honor. I shall kill you. Don't move, I tell you. This pistol is loaded. What are you doing? I made a bargain with you, Chauvelin. Have you forgotten? A bargain? Oh, this sounds interesting. Listen to me, Monsieur Pimpernel. I do not care what happens to you, but I do care what happens to my lover. Chauvelin, you promised that if the invasion plan failed, the Pimpernel would be exchanged for Leclerc. Promise it, promise I do not care for promises. Exactly. And that is why I have brought this pistol. Antoinette, you are a lady after my own heart. I promise to do all in my power to obtain Leclerc's release. But may I suggest that under the present circumstances, it might be wiser for you to come back with me to England? Uh, that is, if you will, trust my word. Yes, monsieur. I do take the word of the Pintermen. Pardonnet. Uh, now, monsieur Chauvelin, we are all three going to walk out of here. And uh, we are going to lock the door, aren't we, Antoinette? Yes. And we are going for a little stroll, arm in arm, past the garden. And this little thing nudging you in the rim is my loaded pistol. How often have I said to Anthony Dewhurst, Tony, take the lady to England. This time she's taking me. Nice to see you back again. Uh, that fellow Leclerc you were asking about was released this morning. Oh, thank you, sir. Thanks. Uh, by the way, how is the uh, racing? Oh, quite exciting, quite exciting. For the time I thought I'd back the losing horse and lost my shirt. Oh. <laughs> quite a tight finish, but in the end, everything worked out all right. Glad to hear it. Exciting sport, racing. Still, you can't go wrong with a the thoroughbred. Uh, these days, the sport is so crooked that it's sometimes difficult to tell whether a thoroughbred is a genuine article or not. And who can help you there? 
Now, personally, I always put my faith in the silly. Uh, they have a certain instinct, you know. So I understand. Sherry Blakeman? Thank you. I give you a toast, lover. The ladies. God bless them. 